Welcome to the Fathom Academy podcast, a podcast designed for the people of Fathom Church to be resourced to go deeper with God. I'm Kyle Knight, I'm the Digital Ministry Director here at Fathom. Thank you for listening wherever you are. Today we have a couple people in the room with us. Um, I'd first like to introduce Maddie Wellam. Did I say that right? You sure did. Hi. Yes. Hello. Thank you for being here. Um, and then also we have chiming in throughout this podcast, probably, uh, our very own Pastor Chris. That's right. Yep. <laughs> and now we're muting his mic. That's all he's going to say. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking about something really awesome um, and definitely uh, near and dear to Maddie's heart, but also that recently, like I've learned uh, pretty near and dear to a lot of hearts of of people here at Fathom. Uh, it might be some of you listening right now, and we're going to be talking about um, fostering or being foster parents, also adoption, all that other kind of stuff. We'll kind of get into it, but maybe we'll, we'll start there, Maddie, with, um, just like a quick question. What's the, what's the difference between fostering and adoption? Yeah, that's a great question. So foster care is essentially intended to be a short-term solution for families in our community that are struggling, whether it's with mental health or substance abuse or domestic violence. And for whatever reason, um, that that family is not a safe home. So children are sometimes removed for a temporary period of time until the family can get back on their feet again. And they're receiving services like mental health services. They're going to parenting classes, whatever it might be, so they can end up going home one day. And actually about 80% of families that go through the foster care system, the kids end up returning home. Um, adoption, on the other hand, is it's taking place if a family cannot become a safe option. So if they're not able to become safe and stable for that child, then they will look into adoption through either a family member or a foster family to take that child permanently. But ultimately, permanency is the end goal of foster care, whether that's through returning home or through adoption. Got it. Yeah. So you can obviously hear that Maddie knows her stuff. <laughs> um, this is why we're not talking about this, Maddie. This is why we have you here. <laughs> exactly. The resident expert. Well, and, Chris and, will just sit over here and do quick, quick, quick little remarks and jokes because I don't know anything about this. Yes. And you did mention yesterday in your sermon that you singled me out saying that I think you have the spiritual gift of jokes or something. Sure. Yeah. 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 Maddie, so, did you hear that? Maddie has the spiritual gift of, of <laughs> Facts. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> of a cheat sheet in front of her. Oh. Yeah, come on. I gotta get Anyways. The, I gotta get the stats right. Again, we, we couldn't it. talk about this Not on, on, our, on our own. No, so, but I think that the thing is, like, why don't you tell us how, like, how and why you know so much about this? Yeah, so I feel like I saw the need for foster care um, and for Christians to be involved in foster care from a really early age. I worked at a camp in high school where it was with foster children. And then I ended up babysitting for a lot of foster families in my community. And through those interactions, I saw just the brokenness of the system, but then also the impact that a single person can have just by being present and being involved and investing in people who are going through really, really dark days. So, because there is a lot of injustices and brokenness in foster care, and that's the kind of work that Jesus calls us to. So because of that, I have, you know, sought to serve foster care through my personal life, but also through my prof professional life to the point that now I um, work for CASA of Jefferson County, which stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. And I um, work on a daily basis to educate volunteers and people in the community about foster care and um, how to advocate for kids 
in the system. And I also get to work directly with teens and kids in foster care, which I love. And it's so fun. So you're the right, you're saying you're the right woman for this conversation. <laughs> I mean, you know, yes. I'm pretty happy to be here. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're Okay. okay. So my question was going to be, tell us a little bit about yourself. My question that, was more pointed and more, I get that. more, it felt more natural. Didn't feel like sure. something that we prepared for. Um, so yeah, you can ask your question now. Kyle. Sure. Thank you, Maddie, for telling us that. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Like just where, where you grew up, where you're from. Um, a little bit more about your personal life, you and your husband. Yeah. Just, yeah. So I grew up in the South. I know people out here hate to hear that, but that's okay. <laughs> um, me and my husband moved out here a couple years ago for his job. And now we've lived in the Littleton area for the last couple years with our rescue dog. He's cute. Awesome. And we recently just bought our own house in Littleton, which we're happy about. Happy to set down roots and really commit to this community and really plugging in and making this family and friends. That's awesome. I mean, that's cool. Okay. Um, so we know, we know a little bit about you and your passion for this and that you are the right person to talk to about this. Um, explain to us the need for fostering and adoption in Colorado specifically. Yeah, for sure. So what I think is interesting about foster care in Colorado specifically is that it can go almost unnoticed or ignored, especially in really affluent communities like Littleton. Um, however, in reality, it's very rampant and families in our own backyard are struggling mm. with some of these things like addiction and mental health, poverty, all these things. And it's impacting children that we see on a daily basis. Um, a little bit of numbers for you, just to give you a picture of how big it is in Jefferson County alone. This last year, there were 175 open cases with social services. So that means 175 families in Jefferson County wow. needed services through, um, um, human services. That's just Jefferson County. That's not Arapahoe. That's mm. not Douglas County. And that included um, 1,550 children that were maybe removed from their home or maybe they were placed with family, but they needed help or their house was not deemed as a wow, safe that's crazy. place for them. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. We see, you know, tons of cases come in every single week. Right now, that's a little bit lower because of COVID and reporting is down because kids aren't, you know, in school and in classrooms. So that's kind of sad to see, but I just like hearing those numbers to me, it's, it's a reminder that just because like this fear of close friends and family and coworkers that we see every day, like seem quote unquote normal, or, like they have their lives together, but that doesn't mean like everyone else does. And so I think the call for Christians in seemingly wealthy communities like Littleton is to look, you know, outside of that bubble and look outside of what is making you comfortable to see where we can actively be a light and serve in some of these really dark places. So what you're saying is um, it would be, you know, it would be something of a myth to say that foster care, uh, these sorts of, of issues where intervention is needed in a family situation is not just in uh, lower socioeconomic status areas. It's not just like in the inner city. It's not just like, so we're talking in the burbs, right? Like, yeah. like two car garage, white picket fence, a mm -hmm. dog and a half, or more, right? Like <laughs> yeah. if you're in Boulder, four or five, 6,000 dogs in your yard. But like, <laughs> but this is the area where you're seeing these these numbers. This isn't like mm -hmm. downtown Denver. Yeah, my office is in Golden and okay. we're serving over a thousand kids this year. That's, that's It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, I, I, I mean, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but 
what was like the first thing that really got you like this is what you were called to do? Yeah, I remember the moment I was working at a camp with kids in foster care and there's this one girl I could barely connect with. Like she wanted nothing to do with me or anybody. And just every single day I saw her and I was like, hey, I'm glad you're here. Like I kept asking her questions about her life and we were sitting by a lake and finally after weeks of just being consistent and being there, she started opening up and telling me about like her mom that was in prison and she's been moved from home to home and doesn't have really any consistency or anybody that she can trust in her life. And she opened up to me about that. And that was like a moment I was like, whoa, consistency and like being present in hurt and in the pain like really makes an impact. And like every day after that at camp, she was smiling Mm. and like was a different person just because someone cared enough. And I think that we underestimate the value of care and like being present. Um, So I remember that very clearly like it was yesterday. So if um, so, foster the foster system that you are a part of is is just a part of the state, uh, you know, governmental programs. Talk, so so obviously, people from whether they're believers in Christ or not mm-hmm. are passionate about caring for children, caring for families, uh, really trying to to develop out a safe way for uh, intervention to happen in in homes and and with with children specifically involved. Uh, but, but as Christians, as a church, like what's the, I mean, what's the impetus for us as believers when it comes to, uh, to fostering, when it comes to adoption, when it comes to any of these issues specifically around children, families, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I mean, foster care and adoption are both very tangible ways to live out the gospel. Like when foster care and adoption are done well, and it's done in love, it's so beautiful Um, because foster care is entering into the brokenness. It's entering into the messiness to seek restoration and to bring life. And that's essentially what Jesus did when he entered this world. He entered into our brokenness. He entered into our hurt to see restoration and bring, and bring us life. So that's exactly why we're called to it. Mm -hmm. We're called to the messy and the hurt, no matter how uncomfortable it makes us feel. And foster care is orphan care in -hmm. America. Like we don't have orphanages in Mm -hmm. America. This is orphan care. And Jesus calls us to care for the orphans and the widows, you know, James 127. And we see that all throughout scripture. That's what Jesus is doing. He's caring for others. And so to ignore the calling of foster care or adopting is essentially to ignore the words of Jesus. Hmm. So me being pretty new to the church, um, one of the things that has surprised me the most is just recently having these conversations with like, with Chris talking about the number of the number of people here at Fathom that are either foster parents now or interested in that. It's awesome. Like I've ne- I've, I've come from bigger churches in my past and I've never seen that many people in one church that are really called to do this. Um, so my, my hope is that they're all listening right now and <laughs> that this is an awesome resource for them. Um, to hear these facts and to hear these things, but also what is, um, what could be like, what could be for somebody who is, is maybe wanting to take that next step to being a foster parent or whatever that looks like, what could be like easy, tangible next steps, easy steps, whatever to help them get to 
wherever they're trying to get to. Next steps. Yeah, good question. Because there are a lot of families in our church that yeah. have fostered and adopted or are currently fostering. And then me and my husband are going through the certification process right now, as I know others are. So there's a lot of resources here, which is nice. But I'd say the first step, um, not to sound cheesy because this is church, but really is to pray. Like pray, come before the Lord to kind of examine your heart and your motive and maybe see how God might be calling you individually or your family to something greater than your typical, comfortable day-to-day schedule. And really just lay that before the Lord and see what he might have for you that you haven't expected. Um, The next step would be to look at, you know, foster and adoption agencies in the area. There are a ton of ones straight through the county, but there are also some really great Christian organizations that do certification, home study, all those things. Um, And then from there, you can go to like information nights at different agencies and they would tell you about the process and the steps and what it looks like. Um, Lastly, I would just say, don't be afraid to ask questions. Like, don't be afraid to ask the hard questions because there are so many families in our community that you can ask questions about. um, What does it look like? What are you afraid of? All of these things and maybe just be willing to open your heart up to the idea of foster care or adoption, even if it was never on your heart or on your mind before, you know, tuning in. So let's let's ask some hard questions then. Just right. just because well we didn't prep you for this, but why not? <laughs> um we can always edit it out. Yeah. There you go. But we won't. Mm-hmm. Um so let's just say um uh we have a family in the church who's struggling with infertility mm-hmm. and they really want a child. Um and maybe their heart is is burdened for foster care, but maybe not specifically. Uh is there a case for uh foster care as a means to adoption? Uh or is it is it my heart is burdened for caring for, because you said, what is it, 80% mm-hmm. of kids are tend Going to be home. B- go back home with their their families. So is foster care legitimate, uh, a legitimate path towards adoption? Or is it, you really need to have a heart for fostering. And if mm-hmm. you get the opportunity to adopt, that's awesome. Yeah, I would say it's more heavily towards like you have a heart to fostering and you can be open to adoption. I would say to families maybe struggling with infertility, that foster care could be part of your story, but you might have to be more open-minded about what that path's going to look like. Maybe the first child that comes in your home won't be there forever, but maybe the second or third Mm. could be part of your family forever. And so um, I think you just have to really be open-handed with the whole situation. Um, I mean, that's whether you're having your own biological children or you're adopting, like there's Mm -hmm. only so much we can control. So just being open-handed about where the Lord's leading you and be willing to trust him no matter what it's going to look like. Okay, let me have another one here. I'm just gonna spit. spit. You're chiming a, in. I said, I said, hey, Chris might be Kyle, chiming in Kyle, with Kyle, little. That's Kyle. Go. That's enough. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, here's the other one. Another one that just came to mind. What about for a single person uh, who is, you know, maybe they desire to be married, maybe they feel called to a life of celibacy, but either way, they want to uh, have a family at some point, or they want to be a part of. Uh, a child's life and even maybe even just temporarily in a foster's case uh is this a an availability for a single person yeah absolutely i know a lot of single people that foster um you're allowed to do it i know people that work full time that foster i mean kids go to school so you can put them in you know they're in school when you're working and i would just say for anybody single or married whatever your life looks like you just have to tap into your social network and your social support um to make sure that you can ask for help people can be there but it's definitely an option and obviously like a very beautiful thing because you probably have more time to dedicate to a child that's in need mm. versus if you had a spouse and so many other things going on so i definitely think it's an avenue um, worth looking into 
another question just came to mind. Sorry, Kyle, cut me off. <laughs> um, talk, talk to us about like differing ages of kids, right? So like, mm-hmm. I would imagine, this is just maybe me wagering, but that as kids get older, they are less likely to be adopted or to, to be fo- Talk just yeah. maybe through That's some of the complexities be, yeah. of, of ages mm-hmm. when it comes to this. Stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, kids are in the foster care system age zero through 21 because 21's aging out. Um, and it's a lot easier for agencies to place younger kids because people want to, you know, have a cute little baby or mm-hmm. a toddler or whatever that might be. And so older kids definitely have a harder time being placed. And because a lot of the trauma that children that are older have been through because they've been moved Mm. home to home or they've witnessed really difficult things or had things happen to them that are out of their control, because of that, they have a lot of behavioral problems or maybe struggle with mental health or substance use themselves. So because of that, it's harder to place older kids. Um, But I would say I've heard some pretty amazing stories of adoptions taking place with older kids. So I'd say that's a really, really big need um, Mm. is families that have are willing to take in those older kids. And I've even heard people that have their own biological children already and then having, and then fostering children as well. It almost is like a really neat icebreaker in relationship because they have like almost siblings and these foster teens feel like they're part of a family when they're Mm -hmm. joining a family with other kids. Um, I mean, there's some teens that I know right now that tell me like, this is the first time I've felt like part of a family Mm -hmm. and they're 16 years old. Like Mm -hmm. I've never had movie nights. I've never had game nights. Mm -hmm. I've never had a birthday party, and now I'm part of a family. So it's it's pretty incredible when you can give that to a kid. Wow. That's awesome. Um, if I could ask this a little bit more about your personal story, did you did you start the this career, this passion before you met your husband? Yes. This, how like how does that how has that been with you and your husband deciding to go through this process? Yeah, that's a a good question. It's been kind of an interesting and very current part of our story. Mm, should we call Justin right now? Should we get him <laughs> yeah, on we speaker? Can, and, yeah, we could. Let's call him up 502. No. <laughs> so yeah, I pretty much felt called to foster and serve um, through my career in foster care since I was in like high school, early college. So I essentially knew that if I like found a guy I wanted to marry that he was going to have to be on board with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like pretty quick after Justin and I started talking about you know, marriage, future, what was that going to look like? I basically dropped the bomb and was like, all right, so if you're thinking about marrying me, like, just want you to know that this is like (laughs) what the Lord told me that we're going to do. So um, that's like a really neat conversation pretty early on. And he was, what what was his honest response? I think it was a little bit of silence for a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Which is surprising for Justin. Yeah, Yeah. he does talk a lot. Yeah, he's he's a little chatter. So that's a, you really shut him up with that. Yeah, yeah. you really had to take it in. <laughs> yeah, so then he pretty much wanted to be on board with whatever that that mm-hmm. dream that I had and um, however we could serve together. So now it's been really figuring out, like, the timing for us. Like, obviously, we're going through this foster care certification process before we have children of our own, which is different. Um, a lot of people maybe start out having their own kids first, like, figuring out how to mm-hmm. be a parent. So we've just had a lot of really honest conversations about what this is going to look like and really having to trust the Lord and talk to mentors about um, different advice and just pray through each step of the process. Cause I mean, certification takes months. So we have a lot of time to wrap our heads around it. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. That, that maybe this is a nut and bolts question then, but um, if, if we were like, Hey, I'd like to enter the process. Like I'd like to foster uh, maybe, maybe regardless of familial situation, just for a moment, like what's the timeline look like for this kind of thing? 
probably the absolute fastest you could do it is like within six months to be certified. Um, I think it's going to end up taking us about nine months. So we went to an information night in May. We went through a month-long training in July, and now we are getting our background checks cleared. We are about to move on to home study, which is where they like interview you all about your your life, money, marriage, mm. your upbringing, like mm. all of the things. They look at all of the skeletons in your closet um, and actually tour our house. And then that takes a little bit of while to get approved. Your home study gets approved and then you're eventually certified. So it takes quite a while, anywhere from six months to a year, depending on how on the ball you are with the yeah. whole process. And then once you're certified, mm -hmm. what are you just thrown into like a hopper of like humans that oh, are willing to take take foster kids yeah they just and bring then, them in a bus well i mean i'm sure there's some sort of very sophisticated algorithm that the state has too but but i mean you get you get certified like how did how do they determine like the right the right kid the right fit yeah and do you have a say even in like does question. that kid yeah. like like you get a call i mean we've heard from uh nate nate Wirtz was on the podcast yeah. a couple of weeks ago and he's like yeah i got we got a call and an hour later we had a uh twins and it was like okay um <laughs> Maybe for some people that's like, we're, we're ready for that. And then right. maybe for others are like, I might need a little bit more time. Like talk, maybe give us some of that, those parameters. Yeah. So you can, um, you can say no. Like if they call you, you basically have like, you can say your age preferences. So like zero to two, zero to 10, 10 to 15, whatever mm. age group your family or you as an individual are willing to take in. Um, and then you're going to be put on a list for when like referrals or when a case comes in for a child to be placed out of home and you'd be on that list to call. And so yeah. usually when they call you, you probably have like a list of questions of things that you're comfortable with, like, you know, what is their history of abuse or mm -hmm. um, do they have any behavioral challenges I need to be aware of? Where do they go to school? Like, is it near your house? And then you're able to determine from that call if it's going to be a good fit for your family at that time. And so you can say yes, like bring them over, or you can say, um, no, this doesn't sound like a good fit for us right now. And then they'll always call you back with the next one. Gotcha. So there is some flexibility in it, which is nice. Yeah, that's I I know I was being a bit trite by like treating it like a bingo number, but it's but those are the questions that we have. I think yeah. those are like real questions. Like, how do you actually Seriously, get a kid yeah. in your house? So. Yeah. So we, me and my husband, are going to start with like age zero to two, just for our first placement because we've never been parents before, and like figuring out how to be parents together, mm -hmm. and then eventually opening the age group up to older as we you know get more comfortable because um, we do have a heart to serve those older kids that maybe mm -hmm. haven't had a family before. Yeah. What about, um, I, I know we, we mentioned and we talked about the people who do have a heart for this, have a calling for this. What about those maybe individuals that aren't feeling called to this? Um, but want to be involved in some way. Is there is yeah. there something that they can do if they're listening to this going, that's, I, God just hasn't called me to be a foster parent. I don't think so, but I want to do something. Yeah, I would say not everybody's called to be a foster parent, but everybody is called to foster care. Um, so I think the first step is to educate yourself, which mm -hmm. check because you're listening to this podcast. Yes. That's awesome. Educated. Um, mm -hmm. Be educated and ask questions. Um, mm -hmm. You can also be an advocate. So the organization I work for, CASA, Court Appointed Special Advocates, we actually um, pair kids in foster care with a trusting adult and they meet with them weekly as a mentor and they are there to be a consistent person in their lives. And then they also- That's cool advocate for them in court. Mm -hmm. So it's really neat. I literally every week go hang out with 
a 16 year old and we drive around and listen to Taylor Swift and drink Starbucks. <laughs> and then we also talk about hard stuff, but I'm, I've been with mm -hmm. her for over a year and I've been able to, why don't you consistent. let her listen to what she wants to listen to? <laughs> hey, you know, I'm the driver. So <laughs> <laughs> don't touch my radio. <laughs> So it's been really neat to be with her through the ups and downs and roller coaster of foster care. So anyone over the age of 21 can be an advocate. Um, and we really need advocates. Like every mm. kid deserves to have someone in their life that's a neutral party. Yeah. Um, and then advocating for them in court to make sure their needs are met, to make sure they don't get lost in the shuffle. You know, advocating for mental health, advocating for services in school, whatever it might be. Um, another thing you can do is support foster families. You know, like I'm going to hit you guys up whenever we're foster family soon. Um, but other families in our community, mm, like, mm. we need you guys, like, to keep doing what we're doing. Like, if you don't feel called to foster, support people who are so they can keep doing it. Um, you can do that by listening to them when things are hard, asking questions, praying, really tangible things like you would do with anybody with a, a new child in the home, bringing meals, you know, writing a note of encouragement, giving gift cards because diapers are expensive and so is gas mm -hmm. and you know, offering to babysit, all these things that are going to really help lighten the load and also feel like the church as a body is coming around your decision to enter into foster care. Um, and then honestly, just pray because foster care is messy and there's a huge need and there's a lot of families in our community that are struggling. So pray. Like if that's all you're doing, that's still something and that's still following mm -hmm. the call of orphan care. Well, I, so like I think, um, Maddie, I think the fact that you're you guys are a part of Fathom, the fact that we have we do we have families who have mm -hmm. grown children, even adult children who were fostered and adopted. Uh, we have families who are currently fostering. We have families in the process. Like I think you're just going to be a ripe resource for us because I I feel like the Lord has put this on our plate. We maybe mm -hmm. we didn't as a church passionately choose foster care, but it seems like it's kind of chosen us a little bit as something yeah. that we might. Uh, need to drill deeper into as a as a community. So I'm just thankful uh, for you and thankful for the fact that the Lord brought you here. Even uh, with with, with the, these, I mean, even to just be able to spout off some of these answers. Mm -hmm. Like we asked you questions we didn't prepare you for, <laughs> but like you're just a wealth of information on this already. And so I'm thankful for that. Um, and, and I the other th thing, and I just to bring. I mean, I know we're running out of time, but to bring it back to um, to gospel stuff again, like this is the heart of God, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, if we want to talk the gospel, the gospel is we are wayward children. You know, we are orphans as it were in uh, being separated from our heavenly father. And the, the, all through the new Testament, Galatians, Ephesians, Romans, Paul uses the language of adoption as how he sees, how God sees us bringing us in, not as slaves, not as servants, but as sons and daughters. I mean, this is a, this is very near and dear to the heart of God. And it would seem, and I would say, historically, it has been shown that this is near and dear to the heart of the church as well. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been excited to just have one-off conversations with people that I've heard that I work through foster care to just, I love people are asking questions. Like, you don't know mm -hmm. unless you ask. Um, so I love it. And I'm also really encouraged that the church is stepping up in several different ways to help support mm -hmm this um, mission of foster care. Hey, Maddie, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you personally, I don't need you to give you give your phone number, but do you have like, is there like an Instagram or a Facebook or like, do you have, uh, or I don't know if you have an email that you would want it, that you'd feel comfortable sharing, but is there a way that somebody, or they can just get in touch with us, I suppose, yeah. and we can mm -hmm. forward them onto you. But is there a way that people can start to connect with you here within Fathom? Absolutely, yeah. So my 
Instagram's MK underscore Wellum. And then my email's mkwellum at gmail.com. Okay. Reach out. I This is what I was made for. Like, I feel so mm. passionate talking about this. Like, it's so fun to me. Um, even if you're like, these are such dumb questions. It's okay. Like, I didn't know before I looked into it. So this is really exciting to me and something I really want to be involved in. So so we'll put those in the show notes. Yep. And, and, and I think there's probably, as stuff continues to reopen with COVID, <laughs> ways for us to do things as a church, maybe have some info nights, things Absolutely. like that. Um, but I think, I think this is something that the Lord seems to be, like we always say that our name is not on everything that God's passionate about, but our name is on some stuff. And mm-hmm. it feels like this is something that uh, Fathom's name seems to be etched into. So uh, You've been chosen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> Yes. And we'll link to any other resources at the bottom of this as well. Um, but yeah, I was going to say at the very beginning of this, that this is probably part one of many podcasts we'll talk about in, in the whole foster realm. Cause we've already, I mean, I've been here for a few months and I've already had so many conversations about it, which is awesome. So, um, so thank you, Maddie, so much for, for being here and educating us on that. Um, I know people listening to this will, um, my my prayer is that some kind of action will come out of it. Um, so I'm guessing you will be, there'll be some people reaching out to you for sure, which is awesome. So, um, but thank you so much. Um, yeah, we're wrapping it up uh, again. Um, subscribe to this podcast um, so you could see all the other things that we have coming up. Um, again, if you're, if you're willing to come to in-person services on Sundays, nine and 11 o'clock, register fathomchurch.org register for one of those services so we know you're coming so we have a spot for you um but yeah subscribe to this uh so you don't miss out on anything else um again thank you maddie thank you chris thank you so fun this was a lot of fun i mean i really brought a wealth of information (laughs) a wealth i mean you're welcome yes thanks Thanks. Uh, (laughs) thank you for listening church we love you and we'll catch you next time bye-bye bye